I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking bitch and now it's Forest back at confession. <laughs> yeah, confession with Father O'Flaherty. <laughs> We'll get yeah. into that later today. And by the way, the dark web was fun yesterday. Craig divulged a little tidbit, which I think we have to touch on, I think. It Absolutely. goes back to Craig's foray at the Confederations Cup and how boring it is for footballers often. You know, between games, between training sessions, we hear about this, right? Tournaments. You know, it's not all about, you know, the fame and the glory and the grind. There's a lot of downtime. What do you do to fill your time? at these tournaments and Canada's at the Confederations Cup, Craig, and you didn't know what to do yourself. Was it just you? Was it you and a few teammates? Please paint the picture for our listeners if you, if you choose to. <laughs> well, yeah, so we didn't have much to do. We tried to play cricket in the hallways, which was unbelievably fun, but Holger put a stop to that. He didn't like us having fun. <laughs> anyway. we used, so we used to play in the in the room the hallway and remember the the little banquet rooms we set it up yeah it was fantastic I'm trying to hide from it was yeah yeah so well, i figured wouldn't appreciate cricket sh- the starters would he let's shave ourselves what yeah so we just had to shave my whole body off <laughs> <laughs> that was your way of killing of time so how was does it, it just go you from, or was it a group of you? Yeah. How does it go from uh, there? Cricket? There is a whole, I think just yeah. about everybody did. Yeah. Was it a Looked group like shave off? Pardon me? Was it just a group shave off? Like you're all in, in the same bathroom? No. You weren't shaving each other, were you? <laughs> no. Just, okay. So, But how did this come up though? Yeah. So to speak. I have no idea. Can't remember. Just Jimmy, you were involved in this too? Yeah. So when we look always at always footage around, jumping from in the his conf- room. <laughs> when we look at footage from the Confederations Cup, right? It's out there, you can find it. Yeah. Look closely. There's every player in that squad is hairless. Well shorn is the word. Yeah, pretty much. 
Pretty <laughs> much. And the reason why the conversation came up is because Amy took a picture of her legs sitting somewhere, wasn't she? And then she said, oh, my uh, shaving technique isn't uh, all that uh, it should be. And I was, she's like, I'm like, what's she talking to us for about that? But I did say, well, well, yeah, I'm not too sure about shaving techniques, but there was once. <laughs> she was like, oh, so she was all intrigued anyway. It was a Confederations <laughs> Cup. But you did it sometimes. Uh, maybe the biggest story in Canadian soccer for a long time. This is huge. No, but you, you do it sometimes as well because when you're getting massages and everything, sometimes the hair on your legs starts going into knots. So you shave them so that you can get the massages and it's just smoother. It's better. feels nice. Feels or if you get nice. a raspberry, like a, like a, a half your skin coming off on your leg, you're going to shave your hair off anyway. You might as well do it beforehand. And you, you're better to shave it rather than use Veet because if you leave Veet on too long in certain areas, it burns. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Veet breaks down the hair, right? Is that what it does? And it then the skin, apparently? Off. Okay. Didn't Deitch have that story for us? When he went to Italy in the Syria, he was playing there, uh, and the first session in the showers and just noticed that all the guys there had their legs shaved. It was very much a European thing. And at that point, English footballers weren't doing it as much, you were saying? And it was for that reason. It was for the massages, for the, the wounds. Easier to deal with the wounds without the hair being involved, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. And did it stop at the legs, Craig? Or did it go all the way up? <laughs> Um, pretty much the legs, yeah. Oh. I'm pretty hairless. Okay, so it wasn't a full body. You're not talking full body shave here. Just the legs. It wasn't like being dipped in. That's in, what. In yeah. <laughs> well, I had these awful images. Doctor Evil. I, I did full body. I was like a dolphin. Of course. Ah, uh, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I have a buddy recently really that, good, did, guys. That, that did that as well, and uh, I won't mention his name, but. He did the old waxing all over, did the whole complete body waxing. So I was like, okay, so who did that? And it was his girlfriend. And he said, yeah, it was a bit of a trick when I was down on my all, all fours getting my bum done. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, I, wouldn't let, I wouldn't want to look at my own, let alone somebody else look at it. That might ruin the relationship. I don't want to look at yours ever. That's no. That's what I want to do. Never. <laughs> well, Jeez. Well. I wouldn't go there. It's like Waxing a jungle sometimes. Is... It makes me wonder how we're <laughs> Waxing's a whole nother level, no? Like, that must yeah. hurt like, fuck. You would think. Yeah, I don't know if I could do the waxing thing. Ooh. I had the middle of my eyebrow waxed once. Well, that's because you've got a unibrow. It can be a unibrow, yeah. I've got to trim a little bit there. And that's it's, it's not fun. Back in, in this is the sports net, Craig. Um, Nadine, our makeup girl, she's brilliant, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And she just said, Listen, something's got to be done here. And then she did between the eyebrows and then just underneath the eyebrows because I've got pretty big eyebrows. And underneath, like, I've never experienced pain like it in my life. I almost threw her across the freaking makeup room saying, Get your hands off me. <laughs> What's the what do they do after? What are they putting on after, like an aloe or something? I don't know, something. Did it feel better? Was it c- cooling? I, I'm it opened up my face. It opened my, my yeah, eyes. Of course. It took years off of me. You could see better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These little spider legs hanging down over my eyes no more. I wasn't looking through that forest anymore. It was just... 
Yeah, that's about as my, my limit. All those old guys yeah, no, have I their that was, uh, uh, eyebrows. Those old guys that have their eyebrows that are so long, it's like trim those things back. Well, my old man's got brutal eyebrows that way. Yeah. What oh, is it? Big old unibrow. It's, trim it's not the what? eyebrows. It's not the eyebrows, Gregor. It's the ear ear forests. Mm, when the guys the are nose. walking around and they haven't noticed that they can't hear anything and they've got like a whole like basically a, <laughs> a, 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 a berry bush growing out of their ears. That's and it's uh, <laughs> just like that's wrong. I think there comes a time and I'm not there yet. I don't think you guys are there yet where you just don't give a shit anymore. That that's what it is. You don't care how you look, mm. how you're perceived. You don't give a fuck. And how liberating must that be? Well, to not care. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your other half obviously doesn't care either because she's not telling you. She's lost interest a long time ago, right? Well, your other half can't give talk. It it's a cat. <laughs> it's a cat. The cat's hairier than you. What's it gonna say? <laughs> anyway i thought it was interesting that came up last night in the dark web and i thought man a lot of canadian football fans would, would love to know um the lengths that the confederations cup canadian team went to to maintain their aesthetics at least you weren't shaving each other that's that's my biggest concern when i heard that but uh this is okay um speaking of canadian football very quickly before we get to um our, our end of season awards or the anti-awards as i call them for the premier league i want to get to those today um, I want to talk about what happened. Uh, it dropped late last night that the government now is intervening in Canada soccer. Um, there's going to be a full audit of all the books. Um, the statement says this audit will aim to confirm that the funding from the government has been allocated appropriately and in compliance with the terms and conditions of Canada soccer's contribution agreements. Canada soccer will engage an independent third party to conduct a full governance review this will entail a comprehensive review of Canada Soccer's governance structures, systems, and processes, including financial decision-making and transparency that takes into consideration the provisions of the Canadian Sport Governance Code. Uh, I guess this is what people wanted, right? I, I suppose it's, yeah. it's another step in the right direction. Um, transparency, accountability. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't seem there's anywhere to hide if they need to hide at this point. No, exactly. And Jason DeVos has welcomed that as well. He's the interim general secretary at the moment. He's welcomed it. So there's been some changes there. And um, I'm sure he has welcomed it as well because, I mean, over a certain period of time, I, there's, there's nothing nothing that they're doing that is uh, illegal, certainly. And, and they're trying to do their very best with a very low budget. Very low budget. You know what? There's going to be disappointing people, right? If it comes out after this that they're doing nothing wrong and there's just no money there, and that's the biggest issue, there's going to be a, a large faction who are pretty pissed off and upset about that. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take a short sample size, obviously there was more money spent on the men recently because they had to fly to, you know, how many different countries? Panama, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Honduras, United States, you, Mexico, and all those other small islands. You'd imagine also that with this review and audit, they're going to find out what the players are asking for as well, actually officially, and maybe divulge that. Is that doable? It is what the players want in this this uh, um, CBA. Is it feasible for Canadian soccer? Because right now there's so much gray area there. There's so much people yeah. saying this and other people saying that. So I think it's been really interesting uh, what comes out of this and how much is made public. Most of it will be made public, I would think, 
I think it has to be, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. No. We can't afford, we can't afford to pay our players 80% of prize money. We can't be one of the highest paying countries in the world when our budget is eight times less than the United States. That's a good point. That was kind of brushed under the carpet when, when it was divulged that there'd be the, thing, the second highest paid team in world soccer. Mm-hmm. Man, it's interesting, given that there's no money <laughs> in Canadian soccer. Anyway, I know, Jimmy, do you want to add anything here? I mean, there's nothing more we can really say until we know the, the, the truths. No, it'll, it'll all come out as it does once, once they get audited and they really dissect everything. You'll, you'll find out exactly what the numbers are, where the money's being allocated. These politicians like, do, like, do. It, Go ahead. But it's like what we said before with not-for-profit organizations. Every year they get audited as well. Um, and they have to sh- show exactly their books and what they are. And then you have your AGM, which everything comes out at your AGMs as well. Yeah, but there are, and just say, not, not to disagree with you, Jimmy, I, I think it's, con- give it context. Auditing is, there's all types of different auditing. There's like, hey, your books look great. They are, they line up, you know, someone looks at it. Then there's, I want, you know, September two, 2022's breakdown of how you spent this money. I want, you know, there's a whole different type. And it seems like there's been with a lot of these NSOs, Hockey Canada included, kind of a check mark given, you know, like, hey, we looked at it. Everything's fine. Because this stuff would have come out before. That's all. So yeah. I, I, I love the fact that they're doing this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, di- it's a different type of audit. But every year with non-for-profit organizations, they, they do get audited. Th- those books have to be shared. They have to go in. Um, yeah. And simply because of the fact, because there is tax benefits that they get. And it's got to be, all be aligned. Anyway, it's all really important and all really boring. But hopefully, <laughs> yeah. well, it is. I mean, we're freaking talking about football, right? But I mean, how much of our time has been spent talking about this crap for the last couple of years? And we have you to, think right? Aud- it is important, but Charms, when the when the auditors are actually going through the books, do they shave each other when they get bored? Well, that would be a question to ask the auditor <laughs> when we get on the podcast or on the podcast, right? <laughs> These politicians shaving the numbers, maybe uh, broadcasting rates in, on a regular basis, broadcasting rates. There is no money in broadcasting <laughs> I rights know. for soccer. They're not paying anything. The CSA have paid more money in broadcasting rights than they've ever received in Canada. However, they do get some TV money, but that's when they're playing in the United States and the Honduras and Costa Rica and all these. So they get a bit of a chunk there. But when they come to play for Canada, Canada's not giving them shit because they don't make anything here. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. It's really as simple as that. You know, there's, yep. there's, a, there's a loud minority of real strong football supporters in this country, and we're one of some of them. Yeah. Um, and there's a very loud hockey support because they're trying to protect that and all the governing bodies and the CEOs at the very top that actually run this country and this white population up there. They're the ones protecting it all the time. We know this is happening. It happened with Bell and Rogers. The CRTC sure. caught them suppressing the sport literally so yeah this is what we're dealing with here well, and then we fight I, amongst ourselves suppressing the sport yeah and and mls has just jumped into the the big four haven't they they just passed the nhl wow Ooh. well the other thing is people didn't uh, people can't see this but jimmy and i were playing with our hair and jimmy's got some uh i think you need a haircut homie 
Nah, you know. Come on, show show the guys they were talking. That, gotta, that, that look. This will be uh, this will be on our. Yeah. It's good. It's very. It's like a toilet brush. It's it does look like a toilet brush. You can like hang Jimmy <laughs> upside down. Let's like, start scraping the bowl. Yes. Yeah. We're all good for something. <laughs> all right. Let's get to some more fun stuff, shall we? Um, the uh, the the anti. Premier League, award, League awards, right? I've got some, some awards here. I want, well, some questions to hand out some awards, right? And I want you guys to give us some, uh, some award nominees and maybe some winners here, okay? Um, you know, every podcast, every TV show, every publication has their, their player of the year, best young players. It was all great. There's some great ones out there. Yeah, Harlan did really well. We can all agree he's probably player of the year, okay? Yada, yada. So these are a little bit different, okay? I'll start by asking you, um, which team was the most undeserving of its overall position this season? Ooh, good question. And that could be at the top or at the bottom, right? So, so fire up your league tables here. Which team was the most undeserving of its final overall position this season? Oh, James, that's a tough one. Give us what undeserving means in your context. Well, this deserving meaning that it's deserved... And then there's undeserved mean that it's not deserved. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're, not spo- you're not supposed to use the same word to define the word. <laughs> well, it's I've always heard so that. Isn't it? All right, I'll give you an example, right? Yeah, so let, let's, let's say, okay, Everton. They had a really poor campaign. They fired their manager. Terrible results. They finished 17th. They, they escaped relegation. Some would say that's undeserved. They should have gone down this season after another poor campaign. That would be an example. Mm. Or on the other end, you could say, listen, Spurs, eighth top half team. Really? That's bullshit. That could be one. Does that make sense? Yes, now it does. <laughs> I got to say that when you look at the table, pretty much at the end of it, when you got 38 games, you get what you deserve. Pretty much. Pretty much. I just, and I look at that table, Spurs are in eight spot. They deserve that. Chelsea, look at them in 12 spot. They absolutely deserve that as well. <laughs> yeah. That's, it goes back to what they always say, the table doesn't lie at the end of the season. Yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't for the most part. But, yeah. but it's also what you hear on the media, right? Like, you know that our friends, uh, Kerry and Starks, are Chelsea fans. So we get a lot of Chelsea news in our feeds, right? And so that, so to to Sharm's point, I thought I thought Chelsea would would be even lower than they actually are because they played so horribly all season long, but still managed to to you know they changed managers, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they had Tuchel when they started. How many seasons ago was that? You know, you're, you're right. right. It's, all, it's all context, right, Wonga? Because yeah, it's Chelsea context. finished one point behind Crystal Palace, and we can say Crystal Palace had a really good season. Right? Yeah, yeah. Where it was Chelsea had a terrible season, but it's all about perception and what you expected before the campaign, right? I would say, what about Brighton? Brighton finished sixth. I would say, in many ways, they had a better season than Liverpool. They played better football, more consistently. They, they dropped some points late in the campaign when there wasn't much to fight for. But Liverpool, in the end, after that that torturous season at times, ended up finishing fifth. Was that really deserved, given that the, the, the long runs of mediocrity? 
I think it was I think it was deserved because I think if you look after that Man City game where they got pumped four one, they went on a nice little run there with a couple of draws. I think they had seven, eight wins in a row, a couple of draws and pushed them right back up the table. It took them a while to really get going because they weren't consistent. But as of April, they were very consistent in their form. Remember that time they beat Manchester United seven nil? Yes. <laughs> it's yes, crazy, isn't it? Certain results stand out from this season, and that's one of them. 7-0. And yeah. in the end, United, you know, far more consistent throughout the campaign and yeah. deserve what they got. Okay, so that first award isn't really being handed out because you guys aren't buying into it. I'm going to go with Warner with Chelsea, though, because like, Chelsea was probably the biggest disappointment. At the beginning of the season, the amount of money that they spent, we thought, okay, these they're going to go for it. And to play 38 matches, only win 11, you didn't even win a third of your games. That's disappointing for Chelsea Football Club. So you think they should have finished lower down if you went really by the, the, the standard set of the season? Well, their performances, yeah, they were yeah. terrible. Terrible. About as low as you could go. Sorry, Craig, I'm going to reorient you because you're while you're vaping and talking into your microphone, you keep hitting it and making weird oh. little noises. <laughs> So can you stop looking right down? Uh, I oh, you have to look at the camera right. just so you. I know you're trying okay. to do research at the same time, but oh, our he's listeners, looking again. he's looking again. Yeah, our listeners know he's no, upset that I'm I, I've chastised him on air. No, I'm trying to keep still because I know the mic does. Work. <laughs> if there's a, a Rogers or Bell technician or a Skynet technician in the vicinity of Young and Eglinton, please fucking go to Craig's house and get him internet. Please. Oh, I'm already sorted out. I just had. I forgot my password for my computer. <laughs> oh, of course he did. Oh, Craig, it's Catman 2000, remember? No, it's actually <laughs> Wonger's kids' birthdays, I think, but I can't no, remember. Oh, that's weird. Does, no, does Wonger uh, know that? No, I set up his computer, so I just oh. put it under. <laughs> But you know, I know he has got his own not, kid, right? He gets he gets confused between password and like Gmail and like my window. It should just Ooh. open up if unless. Well, it's the like, secret is a secret. Just use the same one for everything. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no danger of security. The old guy. Yet. The old guy's secret. Just use the yeah. same one for everything. One, two, yeah, three, but don't four, you get five. the don't you get the old situation where they say, "Hold on a minute, you've used that password yes, before." You got and then all of a sudden you're in the new territory and what. I just use uh, Jimmy's Rolodex and put my passwords in the back page. I use one for everything. And if someone gets that one, I am finished. <laughs> <laughs> the moon is gone. The property the on the gone. moon is gone. <laughs> TFC underscore 2007. That's what it is. Has to be. Don't know what else it could be. All right, moving on to the anti-Premier League Awards. Uh, which team are you most looking forward to seeing next season? Uh, the current promotion and... Regular teams. Luton Town. All right. Luton Town. I like that one. Will they survive? Do they have a chance of surviving? I would say no. <laughs> well, everybody's got a chance to survive, of course. But, you know, they're, they're really up against it. Getting promoted that late through the playoff system. Smallest stadium, I think, we'll, we'll see in the Premier League in history. Just over 10,000. Um, it's going to be difficult for them. You wonder what style they'll play, right? Because they, they played some pretty traditional long ball football, right? To get where they're at. Um, it's not to say that's all they played, but they were pretty dependent on that. 
Mm. Um, will that will that work in the prem or will Rob Edwards? Um, Rob Edwards, yep. the, yeah, Rob yep. Edwards. Will he have to change his tactics? I mean, listen, there'll be more quality coming in. There's players leaving. We know that. It's hard to judge right now, right? Given what the squad's going to look like. But Jimmy, do you think do you think long ball can be uh, successful at the at the bottom end of the table in the prem? No, I don't think so at all. I think you're going to have to change change your style a little bit. Um, but it's, it's going to depend on the players that, that they bring in as well. And they've got to be very careful because they're going to be looking, thinking, okay, there's every chance in the world we're coming straight back down. We can't go out and overspend on players and put ourselves in a situation for next season if we do get relegated. So they, they've got to be very uh, calculated in who they bring in. Fascinating it's going to be difficult for them. It's going to be difficult yeah, for them, 100%. and 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 the system doesn't really, you know, put them in a position where to get ahead is is easy because they again, like Jimmy says, they don't want to sign these massive contracts and get relegated. And he's right about direct football. I think it's very limiting direct football. However, when you look back in the Wimbledon days, the crazy gang, they had the right sort of players to be able to play that and get results to stay in the Premier League for a considerable time. Uh, so it is possible. Uh, but I think you need more than that because the defending in the Premier League is just so much better that they're just going to eat you for lunch. Yeah. I think if, if I'm Luton Town, I'm looking at it going, okay, I mean, we're, we're not going to go spend three, four hundred million on players. But let's be smart about this. We've just got a massive lump sum. Why don't we invest that more into our infrastructure? Let's get a stadium. Let's increase capacity. Let's get better training facilities so that you do prepare yourself for the future rather than just saying, let's go spend money on players, get relegated, and then all of a sudden we're in a hole. But if I'm them, if I'm Luton Town, that's where I'm going to spend most of my money now is updating facilities. So if you're looking at the long-term picture for Luton Town with the money coming in, it's almost not a disaster to be relegated next season if you're putting in the, the foundation in place to, to mm. compete for promotion three, four, five years down the road, right? Rather yeah. than blowing your load this season and trying to stay up, you know, if you get money into like you said your infrastructure your scout network your training ground your stadium so you might go back down it's quite possible but you're in a really good position then with the parachute payments to, to bounce back up in the next couple of years yeah you got to remember too that if they get relegated in their first year they're, they're they don't get the full three-year parachute payments mm. Right. So trying to stay in there for a year or two will, will really establish them in a pretty decent position but um, yeah, I don't see them overspending. It's a little bit of case. Remember Derby County years ago? They got promoted late and never really got a grip of what was going on. And I think they only picked up 10, 11 points all season. 11 points, That's I think right. it was. Yeah, lowest depth, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, Jimmy, when you, were, when you went up and down with Bristol and Norwich, um, did they set different goals? Like, did they say, hey, we want to, our goal is to be 15th to 18th kind of thing or 16th? So you're out of relegation. Do they set that at the beginning of the year or do they go, we're going sky high. We're going to, you know, no. like how was, how are, how are, uh, how are kind of goal and milestones set by the, by the, not only the gaffer, but by, you know, the team overall, the executives. It's, they're all realistic. Okay. And when you do get promoted, it's, it's survival. And you know, when you, when you get promoted and you go up into the premier league, that 
you're just you're holding on just to survive. You know you're not going to go finish in the top six spot. Uh, you know it's going to be difficult. You, we we ended up bringing a few good players in as well at Norwich. You know we competed, um, but we understood it was going to be a dogfight for us. And everybody everybody's the exact same. Burnley be thinking the same. Just survive. Sheffield United survive. Luton exact same thing. You know, I mean, I think it's, we, we gave Luton their first trophy, though, right? The first award. And that is the team we're most looking forward to seeing next season. But I think an honorable mention should be Brighton. They're going to lose McAllister, probably Casado. Mm. What will they do? They had this incredible season. Can they keep progressing? Or is there a decline around the corner? Will De Zerbi stay there? Will he stay there for an entire season, right? Because, I mean, they were, you know, in many people's views, the team of the season, right? Forget the best team. Okay, that's, that's silly. But team of the season mm-hmm. is hard to argue against Brighton for what they did. Newcastle is definitely up there. I think they went, what, from 11th to 4th. <laughs> Pretty incredible, right? Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I think with Brighton, I think they're going to have – I think they've had ample time to really look at their scouting situation and find replacements for Casado and for Callister. Because they knew, they knew that they were gone and that they're going to sell these players. They can't hold on to them. So I'm expecting their replacements to come in and, and do just as good a job because I think all the players that they've brought in over the last number of years have been tremendous and they've got them kind of under the radar of, of a lot of teams. Yeah, it'll be tough though. <clears throat> eventually a club like Brighton that sell your best players year on, year on, yeah. you're out, uh, you're, you're eventually not going to finish in sixth place. Brighton will, I'll tell you what, this much, they're not finishing sixth place next year. Not if they get rid of two or three of their best players. Yeah. yeah. There's big rumors about Evan Ferguson leaving as well. And he was just amazing this year. This young Irish kid, 18 years old. Um, hopefully they can stick around. He's in the best place, I think, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's playing so much football there in big games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots to watch for. But that's a fascinating team to watch uh, this this summer. Um all right, next uh, award question is, uh, does Eddie Howe's charisma and likability make you forgive Saudi Arabia for all the human rights atrocities? <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker. Oh, what a tosser, right? <laughs> that is want... such a good question. <laughs> that is so does loaded, it? man. Oh, Are you kind of, ah, Newcastle, Eddie Howe, okay. Yeah. Well, it does, people, doesn't it? Pe- it does, people, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. People in glass stone shouldn't throw rocks, as they yeah, say. No kidding. <laughs> people yeah. in glass stones shouldn't throw rocks? We glass glass homes. Yeah. I know. But uh, listen, I know it's, it's every time you mention Newcastle and what a great season it was, and no one thought they'd be top four this soon. It all comes with that little uh, um, asterisk, right? Yeah, but uh, not so sure about the ownership. Probably shouldn't be allowed to own a football club, but they are allowed to own a football club. It's not the fans' fault. Not even Eddie, mm-hmm. Eddie Howe's fault, right? And they add, yeah. add new, new color to the top four, which I think was needed. But at what expense? At what cost? Well, that's right. I mean... <laughs> that's another thing altogether but people this sport washing situation does work and they're all doing it because it does give a positive spin to these countries they're not supposed to be owned by countries but effectively 
Who's kidding who? It's a Saudi Arabian uh, sports or investment fund that's worth something like 500, 800 million or something. Ridiculous amounts of money. It's all, all the cynics out there, and I, I get it. Because whenever I mention anything about Man City, it happened yesterday, I mentioned about Pep getting the, the LMA manager of the year, right? And someone had to say, yeah, but what about the 150 charges against Man City for financial fair play irregularities? And it's like, yeah, you kind of do have to mention it. Um, I don't think it takes away from Pep's performance as a manager this particular season. The charges stem from 2012 to 2018, I believe. But regardless, yeah, you, you mm-hmm. can mention it, but they are still part of the Premier League. The Premier League haven't kicked them out just yet. So until they do that, I think you've got to judge them alongside every other team. Yeah, you do. I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking at the performance of that team that he's put together. Forget about any of the illegal stuff, but he's actually done with that team. He's actually, I mean, Pep has changed the way the game is played. He's responsible yeah. for that, you know, and, and everybody's trying to match it because they, they know it's a winning formula, but it's also really difficult to play and you need top class players to play it. Um, and that's what he's got. But to manage top stars year in, year out, there's nobody better. And, and that's nobody what I, I said. I said, listen, I mean, every time you watch Man City play, you see the way they play. And it's so different to every other team in probably world football, the way they actually play. Yeah, they've got the best players. We know that. But it's just from a coaching standpoint, Jim, from a tactical standpoint, he is he's a revolutionary, right? He's a visionary. Mm-hmm. And for that alone, yeah, Deserby should have got credit for manager of the year. Absolutely. So should Unai Emery, you know, Eddie Howe, Arteta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see arguments for all those guys. But when you, you break it down and look at from a manager's standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, what Pep Guardiola does year in and year out, he probably should be winning the, the, the manager of the year every year, despite having all the money available to him. Yeah, but I think as well, you know, it's, it's not just Pep. It's, it's his staff as well, the amount of work that they do, because you're only as good as what you, what you surround yourself with. And from what I've heard, his backroom staff really test him. You know, they, they come up with some ideas and they, they work an awful lot together, very, very close. And, you know, they're, they're all a part of who he is as a manager. So it's not just Pep. It's, you got to give credit to his, his staff as well. And he, and, he, and he freshens things up every year. Yeah, And he said this publicly that you have to because winning changes people, players, losing changes players. So he freshens it up, brings in a couple quality players and makes them better. They, they come to Man City and end up being better players than they were before. So he is a, he is a genius. So I'll give him that. Forget about all the other stuff going on behind the scenes. That's a great point. It's very rare that you say a, a player regresses under Pet Guardiola. If they're not good enough, he gets rid of them pretty quickly. And the respect right. that they have for him is immense. Huge. Yeah, huge. huge. Um, by the way, I watched the, uh, the penultimate Ted Lasso episode with Pep on the sidelines. That was, that, was, that was pretty cool. I quite enjoyed that. What an actor. He does it all. I didn't see the last <laughs> the finale, by the way. I, did anyone see the finale last night? No, please. No, no don't no, tell me. Spoilers. But Pep, yeah. Pep is a better manager than he is an actor. <laughs> <laughs> 
involved stuff out there. Just saying. Is he? It, it, was, <laughs> yeah, still, no, it was still great, though. I don't know. I, I just I was just laughing my head off and looking at the missus saying, look, it's Pat Guardiola. She's like, she has no idea who Pat Guardiola is. Like, Why are you, it's not funny. He's just coaching the sidelines. Why are you laughing? I said the, I said the same thing. I said my task goes, I, who is that guy? I go, it's it's a huge deal that he's in this show. And, and she's like, well, bigger than... You know, like what's bigger, him in the show or the show being like focusing on uh, Prem? And I'm like, oh, God, they're the same, right? Like it's. Yeah. Well, I mean, this year they got that new license agreement. So West Ham's a big part of this year's right. series, right? They, they play against other teams. They can mention the names and obviously Pep at the end. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. Anyway, I'm looking forward to watching the, the, the finale. I haven't seen any spoilers just yet, but uh, I have a kind of a good idea what might happen. Anyway, we'll break it down with uh, dubs maybe on Friday. If we can all watch it before Friday. Ooh, that'd, that'd be, be fun. Yeah, yeah. Can we try we that? can ruin it for everybody who doesn't have a chance. Do we have plans to do now on Friday, guys? Can we? Can you find 55 minutes? Of- <laughs> we, could, we could scroll it. We could do a watch party. Yeah, we, maybe we could. Good maybe idea. we give it another week to let people see yeah, it before I think we so. ruin Let's it. Let's give it an extra week. I don't want to ruin spoil it for everybody else yeah. okay all right Dubs, if you're listening, <laughs> don't ruin it okay um all right uh next one uh which fired manager do you really want to see back in the league next season Ooh, we can go over some of them if you like jimmy brennan oh <laughs> from this season obviously we want to see jimmy there but from this season so who who, who was fired well who left you know, graham potter obviously left brighton fired by chelsea steven gerrard at Villa, Antonio Conte, fired by, by Spurs. Um, Patrick Vieira, remember he, he was at Crystal Palace there? Crystal Palace, comes yeah. Roy. Uh, I mentioned Graham Potter. Um, Frank Lampard, of course, there as well. Um, who the hell was coaching Wolves to start the season? <laughs> I totally forget. Who did Lopetegui take over from? <laughs> we can't remember, can we? So long ago. All right, let me find. I, I, I totally forget. Wolves fired manager. Oh my god. Um. Oh, Bruno Lage. Remember Bruno Lage? Yeah. I want him back. So memorable. <laughs> um. Who else? Uh. West Ham kept theirs. Oh, Eddie Howe. Oh, Eddie Howe. <laughs> I see Bournemouth. I still think of Eddie Howe for some reason. Yeah. Um. Uh. Scott Parker. Um, Frank Lampard again at Everton. Boy, uh, Brendan Rogers, Leicester, of course, yeah. was fired. Jesse Marsh leads and Ralph Rangnick, Ralph Rangnick, Ralph Hassenhutl, sorry, at Southampton. And then Nathan Jones, remember, he's stuck in there as well. Is there anyone you want to see back somewhere at some point next season? Who Patrick Vieira. Vieira, Patrick Vieira, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I go he with didn't deserve, He didn't deserve to go. They should have kept him at Crystal Palace. He had a big string of tough games there, remember? Mm-hmm. They get rid of him. Roy comes in, does a good job. But they had a whole string of easier games that I think that Vieira would have done fine with. But we, we saw a year that, you know, saw more managers fired than we have for, I think, 17 years. You know, three quarters of them were fired. So uh, this panic by ownership to, to fire managers because of that threat of being relegated is, is huge. And uh, I think Vieira deserves another crack. I agree. I agree. I'm sure you'll get an opportunity somewhere at some point. Um, Jimmy, anyone that jumps out to you, you want to see back? You think you'll do a good job? Or a bad uh, job, Vieira. either way. Definitely Vieira, and I think uh, maybe Brendan Rodgers. Hmm. I would love to see Tuchel back in the Premier League as well. 
Yeah, well, I mean, who knows what's happening at Bayern Munich right now, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're a mess at the moment, and he may or may not come back. Um, Brendan Rodgers, though, will find his way back at some point. He's still a, I think he's a really good coach, Brendan Rodgers. No, he is. He's, he's, he's fine. He, he, he will coach an attacking, progressive style of football. Players oh, yeah. seem to he's like him. Job. Spurs would be a good fit for him, I think, don't you? Doesn't seem to be a good fit for anybody. Mm. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Charms, who's the who's the Ralph Ragnick guy again? How do you spell his last name? Because it sounded like you were doing a Scooby Doo voice when Ro you said Ro his Ro name. Ro yeah, exactly. Ro and then the dogs. He was, remember, in. he was a guy last season. He took over from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester oh, United. Yes. And it was a complete disaster. Yeah, didn't work yeah. out. Uh, and then the Ralph Harshenhutl, of course, uh, won him back just for his pipes. Great voice. Um, the yeah the big the big rumor right now with Spurs is Ange Postacoglu from uh, Celtic. Ooh. Apparently, he's met with Dan Daniel Levy and has uh, impressed him, according to numerous media reports. Go to Daniel Ranger Levy. Celtic to get himself a move as a manager. Yeah, no kidding, eh? All right, let's moving on here. Um, okay, which Premier League team have you already forgotten played in the Premier League this season? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if I look at some of these teams, kind of the, the ho-hum teams, like, you know, Palace is definitely, is always one of them, isn't it? Wolves, for me, is, is kind of that way. Um, I mean, I say Southampton because they were relegated so soon, right? These are like the teams that didn't make a mark at all, right? This yeah, year, didn't even like this. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they played. Yeah, really is AFC, mid -table Bournemouth. Teams, well, Bournemouth... I think surprised us, right? Because Bournemouth re reacted from the firing of Scott Parker. In comes uh, Gary O'Neill. And most people had them going down this season, right? Bournemouth straight back down. And they, they did themselves proud in the end with 11 wins, 39 points. They kind of stand out to me a little bit, but I can see why that would be someone that forgot mm. they were even playing. Yeah. Southampton, I guess, because they've been at the bottom for so long, I would say. But yeah, too bad. Too bad about Leeds. I enjoy watching them play until recently. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Southampton again didn't have any kind of, I don't know, X factor, right? I mean, this, outside of James Ward Prowse, probably they've got a lot of young players who might become something, but it's just no one stood out, right? And even their their managers were after House and Little left, right? I mean, who was the most recent one? Ruben Ruben Sellis, wasn't his name? Ruben Sellis, the most recent one. Yeah, exactly. See, no one even knows who it was. They came, they're gone. They were not memorable whatsoever. Well, that question went down well. Thanks, fellas. Um, this is going yeah. great. Um, great question. Well, the, championship, the championship is going to be really exciting next year. There's some big clubs in that championship. Sheffield Wednesday back in there now. has actually played in the Premier League at one time. Yeah. 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 Leicester will be interesting right down there. Obviously, I think nine free agents they have. People just leaving for nothing. So that'll be a bill for them. But yeah, there's going to be a, it could be a great, great championship. But that wasn't the question, Greg. Um, uh, did the World Cup break ruin the season as it was promised by everyone it would? Or did the season just keep on clicking regardless of that big break? I don't think it affected it. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, the break uh, didn't do it any harm. I think that it seems like an awful long time ago. 
a lot of teams are cramming as well. Interesting that the Man City and some of their players, De Bruyne in particular, was going into the World Cup in pretty poor form. Wasn't great at the World Cup, and afterwards took them a little bit of a while to get going. But in the end, they peaked for the last few months of the season. But it was it was interesting from Man City's point of view because I think a lot of those players that were going to the World Cup had an eye on it. So they let themselves slip and standard a little bit. Uh, Arsenal certainly to, to take advantage of that early on. Yeah. I, I liked it as well, and I thought the World Cup was brilliant. I thought the tempo of the games was unreal. But I think simply because of the fact that all the players were in season, not coming towards the end of a season, taking a little bit of a break, mm. and then getting back into it for a World Cup. So I think that's why the, the tempo and the games were so good, because everybody was in season and fit. Yeah, so after all the hoopla about the World Cup and how can it be in the winter, it's a disgrace. It turned out, actually, it worked out really well into the point there. Would you accept another World Cup in the winter? No. (laughs) Even though it's great. (laughs) No. The players are in fine form. No. No. No, it's just too disruptive. Uh, Remember, I mean... there's some European finals coming up. You got Europa League final, you got the conference final, the Champions League final. And then when the players look at the calendar, they'll be back in about two weeks because <laughs> you got to get ready for next season because it starts in the middle of August. Like it's ridiculously like intense. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of games. You think of, you know, the Premier League players and the top clubs, how many games they've played. They played 38 games regular season. Plus players went to World Cup. They had friendlies before the World Cup. Then you've had FA Cup, Champions League. I mean, they're playing a hell of a lot of games, and it's go, 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 go. And, and to go on what Craig's saying, these guys are only going to have a couple of weeks off, and then they're back at it again. That's a long season. Yeah, but if it's the World Cup was in the good summer. Reason why, good reason why Pep mm. will, uh, will refresh the, you know, freshen up things at his team because he knows that he has to because it's, it is so relentless that a stale team will not win you the league. But if the World Cup was played in June, middle of June to middle of July, there'd be even less time off for these players. Now, the condensed schedule is a problem, right? So many games crammed into, like, you know, smaller windows. But regardless, just as long as you want World Cups and European Championships, there's going to be a short summer. It's just the nature of the beast, really. Well, going back, going back to what Jimmy was saying, was it a better World Cup than most because the fitness? It was a great World Cup, so yeah, yeah. you say, right? Yeah, and so yeah. as someone who's not as entrenched as you guys are, I have to tell you, I was, other than Canada being in it, it was an excellent World Cup. Like, just the the play on the pitch and the and the storylines, whereas I remember the last one, yes, I was, I was still watching in bars and everything, um, but this one was spectacular. I think Memorable. attacking one over Wonger. I didn't expect it. I thought it'd be a little bit more defensive, but attacking teams actually did very well. It bodes well for international football moving forward, especially with the expansion to 48,000 teams. And, but I guess the question is, would you say that the attacking football was based on, as Jimmy said, the fitness of the players also, was that a, you know, indicative of what we can expect if these, games and matches are played when they're in their full fitness god that's a actually a good soccer question yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the other thing is too what we we forget is that they did have air conditioning on the field which kept the 
mm. the field temperature relatively low. I mean, even Brendan said that when he was there. He said he could feel how cool it was down at pitch right. level. And that also helps the game as well. You know, you look at – I remember remember the, the World Cup and was at 94 in, in the States – and how slow some of the games were. And they remember they were throwing out those bags of water for the players. And Right. Right. But this, yeah, you're in Qatar. It's hot. But that air conditioning, it helped an awful lot. Yeah. Well, this is three years from now, boys. It'll be here. Now, whether it's in Toronto or not, I don't know. Because uh, obviously there's a lot of, uh, Christ, more political bullshit behind the scenes there about who's going to pay for what. And should the province ante up money? Oh, God, more boring crap, which is really important, boring crap. And if they manage to blow this, that there's no games in Toronto, it's a goddamn embarrassment. Like, get things sorted out, will you, before you make bids? Isn't that an idea? Yeah, yeah it is embarrassing. And we got a, potential, uh, a premier in Ontario that, again, he would quite happily car wash anything football related. His brother actually wanted to stop the stadium being built in the first place when he was mayor of Toronto. I was at that city hall meeting and it was touch and go because he was trying to car wash it. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, I forget fuck, that yeah. what went down then. Oh, so it was, was just... Really? Yeah. Kevin Pipe at the time was losing his mind. He didn't think it was going to happen. Wow. Yeah, I mean, listen, Doug Ford. I, I don't think Doug Ford is a supporter of soccer for some strange reason. Don't know why. Doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. <laughs> Unless there's a photo op involved, in which case, sure. I'm sure if he's still premier in that 2026, um, I'm sure he'll be front and center if there are games here, though, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll be paying for uh, medical services for by then. Politics. Hey, hey, Wonga, before we go, you, you got a political, pl political, a political rent to get off your chest. And yeah, I just, uh, I was talking, my kids go to the York Catholic School Board system, publicly funded by the people of Ontario. And they're not flying the pride flag this year and they've banned it or whether they're what they've decided. But for this year, they're not flying it. And I just, I think it's somewhat shameful. I have family members. I have friends. Uh, and I just, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't spout political on this show very often, but, you know, there's these things that really bother me. And these are, this is one of them with that, a flag that's, that is seen as inclusion is seen as such a threat to all these other people. And it's not. And it just shows that we're in a place where we thought we wouldn't be in 2023. And so I'm just telling you that this is how Wonger thinks. So there you go. So it's Pride Month. It was just the end of Asian Heritage Month, too. So I've got two things to look forward to. I'm cro a good crossover. But we also, just before we finish, so that was my little rant. Sorry <laughs> if you don't agree with me, but whatever. Um, Alex, LA Galaxy Fire President Chris Klein. And that's uh, Canada's under 20 women's lose and pool play in the uh, CONCACAF uh, tournament under 20 in Dominican Republic. And then there was a story, Messi to Miami, <laughs> Inter Miami, did you see this? And then to Barcelona. So basically he would sign with Miami and they would immediately loan him out to Barcelona to get away from Barcelona's money's problems. Yeah, and... I saw that today as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Way to fan dangle oh. and then it'll end his career into Miami in MLS. Yeah. So they already have this planned out. If that goes, that'd be pretty sensational. 
so as, as bastardized a method that that is to get Messi over here, I'm all for it, and it's so much better than Saudi Arabia. But yeah. it comes down to I think how much money Leo wants because he'll always get more money in Saudi Arabia, right? And uh, other things, this show's coming out uh, on a Wednesday afternoonish. Sevilla versus Roma, TFC play tonight, and doesn't everything happen? You guys keep saying winning changes everything. It was rainbows, unicorns, and balloons at the TFC practice grounds at training yesterday. Every like, but, but not the Blue Jays apparently, because Anthony Best wouldn't have had that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. <sighs> Watch he, all he your needs, stuff. He, he, that guy needs to just get off social media. He is not helping oh. himself at all. No, the airplane <laughs> thing too. Who do we yeah, call exactly. about? Clean up your own shit, dude. Who? What entitled life do you have? Well, I will say with that, not to get into it, with that particular, he, he wasn't on the flight. It was his heavily pregnant w- wife. Now, yes, don't don't let your kid make a mess. But anyway, let's not defend Anthony Bass. He's a moron. And, and, let's move <laughs> and on he's from and a baseball we. player, so we'll start fights with baseball players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And baseball fans. Uh, but yeah, big games. And I tell you what, it's a huge match for TFC tonight. You know, it's a one thing to come off and beat DC United and everything's fine, but you've got to f- build on that, right? Bernadeschi's back in the squad tonight. Um, at least the time of taping he is. So uh, we'll see what transpires there. But have they turned the corner? One game is not a corner. One game a corner does not make. Three, I say three games on the spin makes a corner, doesn't it? You're ex-players, would you say that? Have you yeah, turned the corner? I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you three. All right. Is it three? And I want Jimmy too also to talk about Jimmy's got a full lineup for the summer. You're doing uh, what games are you calling this summer, Jimmy? Uh, Canada Nations League, Gold Cup, still the CPL. Amazing, nice. good stuff. Well, June fifteenth is uh, Canada's Nation League semifinal against Panama, and uh, a lot we'll of traveling play. for you there, Jimmy. Eh? Oh yeah, straight to Mississauga. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty going to do a bang up pro job, nice. Yeah, but the yeah. June twenty seventh game, which oh, is and I'm doing the uh, the Canadian Championship final as well, Vancouver and Montreal. Oh. June seventh, right? June is that 7th, next? Yeah. Uh, is that next Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. Great, yeah. that's awesome. Big games coming up. Big games coming up. All right, everyone, um, we're out of time. You can we're find those on... games. Pardon. You can find those games. Where would you find yeah, those you games? You can find those games if you want to watch the Nations League and the Canadian Championship and the Gold Cup. FuboTV.com. Sign up, subscribe. Get all your one soccer content through Fubo. It's fantastic. All right, that's it. Um, we're back on Friday with news and dubs. Amy will join us as per usual. Um, I want to get into this whole Fabinho column he wrote in the Players' Tribune about life at, at Liverpool. It's a really cool piece. Um, and I want to get your perspective as footballers. Um, all right, everyone. And please, listeners, let us know what you want us to talk about as well. Pose us some questions, comments, whatever you like, through our Twitter feed, footy underscore prime. And uh, Instagram as well, which is uh, more updated now than it was in the past, thanks to Jimmy Brennan. He's very Not good. Not sure last time he did one, but <laughs> <laughs> usually pretty great. So, yeah, we'll speak to you then, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Later. Keep buying newspapers. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.